The Accidental Entrepreneur is produced by Beinhacker Law and brought to you through our affiliate relationships with the following sponsors. One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the average podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. North Authentic, the conscious hair care marketplace offering the cleanest brands from around the world. The Healthy Place, the e-commerce site with thousands of supplements to help you live a healthier life, along with natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. I have the choice to make it urgent. So we're not rushing to the urgent. We're determining what we want to make urgent the next day. That's what we see, really. Yeah, right. Yeah. So we put this false urgency on things. What we need to focus in on is the impactful. The impactful is the thing that our business needs from us that will permanently move the business forward in that moment and then allow us to take the next step in the next. So Fix This Next is a evaluation, a very simple one. You can just read the book, ever online too, but you can pinpoint the one thing your business needs from you, right. satisfy it, and now we're taking steps forward as opposed to moving this circular pattern. Being more strategic about it. Very strategic, exactly. Yeah, okay. Because I remember when I read The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, that was more about like, bootstrapping your business, like when you get yes. started and the pumpkin plan was more about cutting away the fat and yes. you know, getting your marketing plan going. Profit first, obviously, is well, people can figure out from the prop from the title, but yeah. you know, it's a it's a pay yourself first program that is simple and easy and works. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur, my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Mike Michalowicz, the famous business author. He's written Profit First, The Pumpkin Plan, The Toilet Paper Entrepreneur, and his most recent book, Fix This Next. Most of you who listen to my episodes know that I usually record the guest's voice at the beginning of the show. Mike only had a half an hour for me, and I didn't want to take up even 15 or 20 seconds of his time to record an intro, so I'm doing this for him. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Mike. If you want to get a hold of his books, whether they're an audio version, a written version, or Kindle, or so forth, there's links in the show notes to our affiliates page to order his books. I highly recommend them. It's the way you should be running your business. And I want to thank Mike for joining me and enjoy the podcast. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I uh, I have a little admission to make. I'm a, I'm a big fan. So I've uh, years ago, a buddy of mine told me about this book called Profit First, and I'm like, well, what are you talking about? So I read the book, you yeah. know, was thrilled with it, used it in my old practice. Don't really use it as much as I should now, but we'll talk about that in a separate episode. And uh, 
So I said to my buddy, well, did you read, did you read Mike's other books? He's like, Mike has other books. I'm like, well, what do you live in a cave? Yeah. If you, if you find a guy like that who writes that well and great books and they're easy to digest and easy to understand, you got to see if you've written other things. Well, you got to read the toilet paper entrepreneur. You got to read the pumpkin plan. So then he calls me back and I, cause that's the way I am. If I find your book, there's yeah. gotta be more out there. Right. And I, you know, I it's, like your stuff. I, so I thank you for those kind words, Mitch. I, no, no to me, it's kind of like a, a band. Like if a band will come out and uh, you have that one hit song, uh, the people that discover like, oh, that's a great song. You're, you, it's a one-hit wonder guy. He's like, no, no, I swear to God, I've written other songs. <laughs> right, you got to listen, find out what other stuff you've you've produced. But the, the reason that I like your stuff, and then I want to get into all the entrepreneurial yeah. poverty that you're trying to eradicate, because that's a big part of my podcast, is that yeah. your stuff is written in a way that the average business owner can understand and digest and mm. relate to and understand the stories. And there are not a lot of, you know, it's a technical area like business planning, but it doesn't need to be. And that's why I like your books, recommend them to everybody. And I just find they're very, it's helpful when you can relate to something, you know, cause you're telling stories and you're giving examples and you just boil it down to like, you know, pumpkin planning. I mean, I, that's my yeah, favorite book. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. You know, it's no interesting. Problem. You know, I, I have a, uh, a purpose I'm trying to serve, which is we talked, you mentioned eradicate entrepreneurial poverty. I have a method and the method is by simplifying the journey. And um, that's what I hope to do. Like, like I, I am not one to say that entrepreneurship is going to be easy ever. It's hard. No, it isn't. It isn't. No, but, but the steps can be simplified. Um, it, meaning right. we can move faster through them. And, and that's what my commitment is. And I'll kind of give the inside, you know, scoop here. It's because I need this stuff. Like I, I've been an yeah. entrepreneur my entire adult life. It's effing hard, man. Yeah, and so it's very hard. I'm, well, that's why most people I'm fail. Simple, I'm trying yeah. to make it easy for me. And um, as I do that, I like just write down what works so other people can make the journey easier too, you know? Well, but there's a skill to writing. I mean, you're a good writer. I, I'm Thank not you. a great writer. I'm writing a book now with a friend of mine who's a co-author. It's called uh, Some Like 10 Ways to Get Sued by Anyone and Everyone. It's not, <laughs> you know, it's like a catchy title, but it is like pulling it is very painful for me to get through this thing. Yeah. For me, it's a labor of love too. Like I'm not an efficient writer and I do have a partner that helps me too. Um, And we go over sentences. I'll write, I'll write like at first, I think I wrote four times the full manuscript took me five years to get it done. Now here's my hack. I'm I'm writing three books right now. Every morning I spoke to us. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm working on three books right now and I was writing this morning again and um, I was looking at sentences. I'm like, oh my God, dude, that's horrible. I got to redo it, redo it. But by the fourth or fifth iteration, it's like, okay, that sentence is good. Now sentence Mike. That's why it takes so long. Right. <laughs> well, I, I, anyway, I think that it's really great. But let's, let's talk about, um, you know, stuff in your books and, and what yeah. you're trying to do and the message that you have. Because like with the, the reason I started the podcast was for the same reason. I'm very frustrated as a business lawyer. I constantly meet business owners when they're in trouble. I don't meet them. Sometimes I meet them at the beginning, but usually it's like, I got to clean up the mess. And next week yes. I have this five day business plan challenge. I put a free challenge out there. Like let's write a business plan in five days, simple four part template. I love you it. Know. So, uh, you know, trying to change the world. So let's talk about like, why do you think business owners get into all this trouble? And, you know, well, I think we're clouded by our own vision maybe it's misguided hope. It's funny. I, I think that the greatest day, sadly, for many entrepreneurs 
in their journey is the day before they start the business. Because that, that night, it's like, oh, tomorrow's the day. Right. Yeah, like you're going to pick up your boat, What's right? What's going on? I rent that space. I'm going to change the world. Right. This is going to be amazing. <laughs> and then you get there and, and, and you don't have a single client. Um, you have these expenses piling up very quickly. And, and in response to that, we go into this hustle and grind. Right. Oh, gosh. Panic. Sadly, what happens next then is the business often stabilizes. I'm not saying it's healthy. It's just we start surviving check by check. We're just getting by. Right. Um, and therefore we say, okay, I guess if I have to, if I work harder, I'll make progress and we right. work harder and then we work harder and we keep on and the business always just gets by. So the mentality gets rooted in that we have to work harder and longer and that's just not it. It, it is being smarter. Um, I just think we get this false positive confirmation that hustle and grind is the solution and most businesses do that for the life of the business and never really, really make it. Yeah. Cause you'll end up hustling and grinding your whole life. Yeah. Well, that's what you see. That's what you see. And I'll tell you, the, the, here's the quick uh, measurement. If, if anyone listening in now has been hustling and grinding over 12 months, you've proven, you've gone through a full year cycle. You've proven that doesn't work. Yeah. Okay. Entrepreneurship is re it really is about the thinking. You know, there, there's a Michelangelo dedicated a statue to this, the thinker. There's a, there's a naked guy here just sitting there contemplating. Right. You know, I'm not saying get naked necessarily, but I'm just saying, <laughs> think, think. There's no Michelangelo the doer, some guy pulling his hair out on a phone call, uh, you know, running around like a madman. Our job as entrepreneurs is to vision an outcome, but then organize resources around us. In the beginning, maybe it's, it's technology, maybe it's a part-time person. Uh, definitely you can organize your clients even and vendors to get to that outcome, but to constantly vision that outcome and improve the, the, the collective output of the resources around you. It's like building a puzzle. We've got to put the pieces together in the right sequence and, and it'll present itself. Right. If you just carry it on your back, you'll never, you'll never make it the yeah, way you I, want. I think the biggest problem is like you said, they don't, people don't work on their business. I mean, they may work on their business at the beginning, but then, they get caught up in the minutia and they're just an employee of a company yeah. that they also happen to own at the same time, yeah. you know? Yeah. And yeah. Stuck. Which, which is the worst thing to work, to be the person doing the work and also own it, uh, keeps on putting the responsibility on you. What I mean, and here's how it manifests. The more a business sales that's depend on the owner, the more stressful it becomes for the owner. And the reason is sales translates into organizational responsibility. So if I, if I sell you something, uh, I have to now deliver on it. Right. right. Yeah. That's a good word. More, yeah. The more I have to deliver. So the more sales, the more organizational responsibility. And if the business is on my shoulders, small business owner, that's more on my shoulders. Therefore, as a business gets quote unquote bigger in revenue sales, it actually becomes more stressful, more dangerous, more precarious. Yet us entrepreneurs say we're going to sell our way out of it. One day this will just magically all click if I just yeah. sell and right. It actually gets worse and worse and more stressful and more stressful. Right. Now your current book, Fix This Next, what was the I mean, all your books seem to be a progression of of something. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. your progression, right? Yeah. So maybe we could talk about that and and you know where where the idea came from for that book. So I emailed my readership years back, uh, trying to figure out what the next need would be in their business. And um what was interesting. I'm not the most technically savvy guy. I sent the same email out like three times in one day by accident. <laughs> and, and the email, the, the question in there said, what is the biggest challenge your business is facing in the year ahead for the next 365 days? 
Okay. And the feedback that came from some occurrences, it was the same person responding to those multiple emails I sent with different answers. Some guy said, some guy said his biggest annual challenge is his sales team. Then it was, no, 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 we don't have systems. No, 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 we have a hiring problem. No, 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 we don't have good product mix. And it's like, oh my God. the same guy? Same guy. <laughs> that guy must have been stressed. How did he forgot even took yeah, the Yeah, he must have been stressed, right? Yeah. And that's what, that, that rooted the thesis. And the thesis is this. The biggest challenge business owners face is knowing what their biggest challenge is. That's the essence of the problem. And therefore, we go into this fire fight mode. Right. Like, and, and there's a saying that we rush the urgent over the important fires we I put want, out. Right. Right. Yeah. And I actually want to challenge that. I, I think that statement is semi-accurate, but not fully accurate. We don't rush the urgent. We actually rush to the apparent. The apparent is, you know, right now you were, you could hop an email and you'd have 70 things you could do. I, I could, if I just listen to the voicemails that's queued up my phone, I'd have 30 requests. The, the next thing I see I have the choice to make it urgent. So we're not rushing to the urgent. We're determining what we want to make urgent. The That's next what we see really. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we put this false urgency on things. What we need to focus in on is the impactful. The impactful is the thing that our business needs from us that will permanently move the business forward in that moment and then allow us to take the next step in the next. So fix this next is a evaluation, a very simple one. You can just read the book. I have it online too, but you can pinpoint the one thing your business needs from you, right. satisfy it. And now we're taking steps forward as opposed to moving this circular pattern. Being more strategic about it. Very strategic. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Because I remember when I read the toilet paper entrepreneur, that was more about like bootstrapping your business. Like when you get yes. started and the pumpkin plan was more about cutting away the fat and yes. you know, getting your marketing plan going. Profit first, obviously is well, people can figure out from the prop from the title, but yeah. you know, it's a it's a pay yourself first program that is simple and easy and works, as opposed to, you know, you can tell everybody to pay themselves first; they right. don't do it. So, um, but I thought that it, yeah. it seems to be an evolution. I, I I'll, I'll admit I didn't read Clockwork or Surge, but I, I missed those two. Well, when they present themselves at the at the right time, I, I think you <laughs> may enjoy them. Here's a word from our sponsors: Looking to get into podcasting. Maybe to market your business for your own enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created specially for our listeners. Care for your health. Care for the planet and look flipping great doing it. North Authentic is a conscious hair care marketplace offering the cleanest brands from around the world. Their pro stylists curate only the most fabulous non-toxic hair products with better-for-you shampoos, serums, masks, and more that actually give you gorgeous hair without hurting your health or the planet. Hey, you've only got one life, one planet, and one glorious mane. Might as well treat them all as best you can, right? Try a 100% clean hair care routine prescribed just for you using their link in the show notes. If you don't see a big, beautiful difference in how your hair looks and feels, you can tell them they're crazy. 
Do you battle chronic pain, stress, anxiety, or depression? Well, if you take any supplements or you're interested in natural alternatives, you need to know about findyourhealthyplace.com. Find Your Healthy Place has thousands of supplements to help you live a better quality of life, as well as natural solutions for chronic pain, stress, anxiety, depression, sleeplessness, and much, much more. Need guidance? Use their live chat feature and talk to a wellness consultant right on their website. And be sure to use our coupon code TAEPODCAST for all your purchases to get the best prices at findyourhealthyplace.com. Follow their links in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. Yeah. So um, what, because you, when you spoke to our group uh, through Susanna Fontacoba, yeah. who's uh, one yeah. of your pumpkin plant people, she's in my marketing group. Um, yeah. You were talking about, you know, eradicating entrepreneurial poverty and all the things and the message that you're sending out. So what are the projects that you're working on now? Like what, what's, what are your thoughts and what's being, well, this will be a shocker of shocks. I'm writing another book. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I'm doing that. Um, and I'm also, um, I found a model as an author that I think is relatively unique that most authors I know don't do this, but I'm building it out. What I realized is what I like to do is I like to write books and I like to be a spokesperson for the books. Kind of you know, what, what you and I are doing now. I like to share. I don't, I, I have operated businesses. It's not my joy. Therefore, it's not my strength. But I want to have businesses behind the books, right? So if, I don't want to just be an author. I'm, I'm no Stephen King. Um, <laughs> so what I did was I started licensing the book. So Susanna Fontacoba is a member, as an example, of Pumpkin Plan. Uh, it's called Pumpkin Plan Your Biz. And it's run by a woman named Donna Lyons. She owns that license. She's the president for that company. Uh, and I, okay. I share the revenue, but I don't operate it. Well, I've done that for, for every organization I have. So right now, I just we just inked a deal, if you will. Which is a mining book. Um, searching out is, I, I like to ask myself absurd questions. Yeah, I think so you got to repeat that. You got cut off. Ask, you know, how... Oh, you got cut so, off so from what I was trying to say is I like to ask, am I, am I connected again? Can you hear me? Yeah, you're connected. You were talking about that you licensed out all the different profit first, and then you said, and now I'm, and then you got cut off. Oh. So I don't know what you said after that. So, so now I just inked a deal for my newest book in a licensee. And my goal is to build a system um, that, that simplifies a major aspect of entrepreneurship. Fix this next, for example, I, I asked myself, what if, there's only one thing that needs to be fixed at a time. What if there's only one most important thing in our business, which by definition, there can only be one most important right, thing. Right, of course. Yeah. yeah. So how do you find it? With my new book is, is there a way to outmarket the competition, a guaranteed way, every single time? Like, how can I outmarket the competition every time, guaranteed? Well, that's what I've been investigating for years now. That's the and hypothesis of the new book you're working on? Yeah, yeah, and 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 I'm convinced order. I found it. But basically, okay, what I've done is I I've studied the way our brains, the human brain, works. Okay. And there's a thing called the reticular formation. The reticular formation is a it's a net, literally and figuratively, meaning it's a net at the base of our uh, top of our spine okay. before it enters the full brain. And what it does is it actually it determines if something could be ignored or should it be further investigated and it ignores most of the things. So this reticular formation, the question is how do we get our marketing not to be filtered out as noise, but actually get past that net. 
Okay. Well, that's the method that I've developed now and I've documented it and we have a licensee that's going to be coaching businesses on it. Um, it basically, when people read my books, if they want to take it further they uh, and they want to know what they're reading or doing right, they often want to get training. So that's what I'm working on is once this book comes out, I have a, a licensee who's going to do the advanced training to make sure people are doing So you lined up right. the licensee before the book's even published. Yeah, exactly. Because the licensee, it's a company called uh, Think Digital. Uh, they're going to be integrated. Some of the, the processes we're doing, they're testing out with their clients so we can integrate stories. So we already have built up um, case studies from the licensee themselves. Well, that's a brilliant idea. I mean, business owners should take that lesson. Like, because I was thinking, how do you keep up with all this stuff? You got pumpkin plan professionals, you got profit first yeah. professionals, you got all these communities that you built around your books, which supports the books. I understand that. But, you know, you seem to be pretty much on top of stuff, but that explains how you're doing it. And it's yeah, smart. Yeah. And so the, basically the explanation is I'm not on top of stuff. <laughs> well, you have other people that are on top of stuff. And they're really smart and, and they're really embracing the brand. And what's interesting about this model is it allows me to do more of what I like to do, write books and sell books. It allows them to take the growing exposure and deliver what they like to do, which is the service component. So it seems to be a pretty good system. Is there anything that fix this next is going to blossom into or no? That oh, yeah, yeah. So we already have, we have 320 fix this next advisors. Okay. So, so these, what was interesting, I studied the coaching industry, the business coaching, and I found a challenge that business coaches have. Most business coaches go into a client scenario with their um, service offering, and therefore that becomes their primary solution. For example, if I'm a business coach on staffing, right. I will go into business and say, hey, we can fix your staffing. If I'm a business coach on sales, I'll say, hey, we can fix your sales. Right. They all seem but to fall if, into a different niche. Yeah. Yeah. But what if I'm a sales coach and it needs staffing? Or right. Staffing well, that's coach? a problem. Right. So these Fix This Next advisors have an advanced tool set where they can pinpoint, oh, you don't have a sales or an HR problem. You have a system from or whatever it is and can pinpoint it. Then they can apply a solution that they have or introduce someone in their network. But the first step is not fixing. The first step is identifying what to fix. And that's what these advisors do. Right. So fix this next is really a strategic planning book. It is pinpoint yeah. the one thing to do next. Right. And then make a list and you can do each one as you go in sequence. This is it. It's a linear progression. They call it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. All right. So um, maybe we could talk a little bit about, cause I know you mentioned it last time, but I'm always interested to hear like what your background is, like how do you how did you get to becoming an author? I know you had other businesses. I mean, what was you know what was your story? I know yeah. we got a little time left, right? So, yeah, yeah. So the, the <laughs> quick background is this: after I graduated school, I I couldn't get a, a job like I envisioned. I thought I'd work for some big corporation. Returned home, which as a you know a college kid is very embarrassing to be living in your mom's basement. Um, but that's what I was doing. <laughs> and you're from New Jersey, like I am, right? Yeah, from New Jersey. I grew yeah. up in Boot and I'm back in Boot. And um, I uh, I got a job at a computer store. Well, after about a year or two working there, I started lamenting the fact that I was hustling so hard selling computers and the business owner you know, smokes cigars and collects money. So I'm like, mm-hmm. screw this. You want to be that guy. Uh, I want to be that guy. <laughs> well, later I found out he doesn't sit in the back smoking cigars, counting money. He's panicked like everyone else <laughs> trying to make this business survive. Um, he's probably chewing on fingernails, not smoking cigars. And, um, but that was my intro to business ownership. I, I started my own little computer business um, and I grew it through fear, honestly. 
Right. And after uh, quite a few years, I sold it to private equity. And then I started another business in computer crime investigation. I sold that to a Fortune 500. And that's when everything fell apart. So I was like, I am a genius. Clearly, I built and sold <laughs> two businesses. Right. Third business, uh, my fat ego was in my way. But I had to, uh, to build 10 companies through angel investing. I used my own money and started 10 businesses. They all, all at the collapsed. same time? All at the same time. Okay. And Disparate spaces. I had no clue. As to, I had a manufacturer. I had a service-based business. I had a predecessor to Blue Apron. All these ideas, but but so partially invested, so spread thin right. that nothing had potential. Yeah, I nothing destroyed. had focus. Yeah, and, and I wiped out everything I had. Uh. When I when I wiped out, uh, I lost everything. I except for my family. I had to restart, and uh, I found there's a fascinating question we can ask ourselves. It's actually a part one-two kind of combo deal. Question one, we've all know this one. If you had all the money in the world, what would you do? That's the fantasy that we want to live, but it, but it precludes us from doing it because we need all the money in the world to do it. I said to myself for years, decades, one day I'd like to be an author if I had all the money and had no financial worry. There's a complimentary question. When you have no money, what's the vocation you want to pursue to bring that wealth about? And when the answer is the same, that's the calling. And when I had oh, no money, I okay. said, what, what do I want to do to bring about wealth and comfort? And I said, I'm going to actively be an author. Well, that was my dream, and it's going to be my vocation. Now I matched it, and I went all in. And that was 12 years ago, and um, it's been the most satisfying, satisfying part of my professional life. Were you a journalism major in college, a no, writer? No. You, yeah. That's why I wanted to do it. I, I got a D in English in high school. <laughs> Maybe that's funny. why you write, but people can understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's funny. You know what? My teacher, I remember I got a D on this one paper. It pissed me off. I put so much effort into it. And um, she wrote back. She said, stop speaking in a common voice. Please be literarily accurate or something. And I got a D. And uh, so a little bit of a payback for being embarrassed like that. What does that even mean? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I didn't put commas in the right place. Something like that. Yeah, I always had that problem. And I'm a lawyer. And I I mean, I could write contracts till the sun comes down. But writing a book, I, I just not stories. My daughter's a creative writer. She's writes these beautiful stories. And she the, and she's only like 16, 17, just turned 17. She, I don't even know where this stuff comes out of her head. She just has a knack for being colorful with a pen and a paper. I don't know. I, I hope she likes to cling on to that and, and not allow the institution to say, fall within in the lines, you know, color within the lines. She already said to me, do I, I, I don't, I want to be a creative writing major. I said, okay, well, you know, you got to learn English. Do I have to learn English? Do I have to take, <laughs> like be an English major? I said, yeah, it's kind of one road to the other. I mean, you can't just like skip a bunch yeah. of steps. So she's like, she wants to go to medical school eventually. I don't know. Maybe she'll be an author, oh, medical writer cool. or something. That's I don't cool. know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how that happens. So I know you're in Bootin and I know you guys have no power right now. Um, maybe in a week. I know, we'll on this connection. I can't believe it's working. Yeah, it's worked. It's fine. Even when you freeze up on the video, I still hear you talking. So That's awesome. It's been fine. I appreciate taking the time. So what's ahead for you in the coming weeks? I know we're in the middle of, when this comes out, hopefully we won't be. We're, we're in the middle of the pandemic, a little bit yeah. of crisis. Yeah, I mean, the coming weeks is, uh, you know, we continue to reinvent. Uh, something in Fix This Next, I wrote this hierarchy of needs and so forth. Right, I remember, yeah. Yep. And, uh, what we're doing is we months ago changed to a new sales model, offering something new. And uh, the president of our company is seeing it through and we're just actively doing it. 
it's, it's required me to produce different forms of content, not just writing a book, which I'm actively doing, but okay. also producing more video in, in a different kind of genre, more, uh, a little more self-help oriented, which is not my space, yeah. but that's what our community is needing. So that's kind of the work I'm doing right so now. So there's going to be videos coming out where they can... More videos. Yeah. I actually set up a webpage called recessionresponse.com. And the idea is to give entrepreneurs tools to navigate this, but it's really mindset tools that we've developed. There's probably 40, 30 to 40 different pieces of, of very bite-sized actual pieces of content right there. But, but I got to make 30 or 40 more. So every, every day we're, we're chipping away at that. Well, it's not like you have to travel right now. So no, I did travel once <laughs> so, far, so far in the pandemic. It's not easy. Uh, plus no. you can get back home. You have to self quarantine for, yeah, for 14 two, days. Right? Yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, I did that. And that sucks. I'm stuck in a room. I can't see my own family, uh, without a mask and stuff in my own house. So it's, that's lucky. Yeah. My wife has to take my son to school next week in Indiana. So she comes back, she got a quarantine for 14 days. It was just nuts. So I don't know what to do about that. Yeah. I mean, you know, the idea clearly is not to be around other people. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's tough. And that's kind of but the necessary. idea, but uh, I, and I always recommend to people if they're listening to, and they like to listen to things, you narrate, you read your own books. So yes. the audible versions are much more colorful than reading the book. So I, yes, I'm more of an audible guy. I loved listening and driving in the car. I don't read as much because I have to read oh, contracts yeah. and stuff for a living. Yeah. You know? Well, then I think you'll get a kick out of Fix This Next. I I, I stepped up another notch in Fix This Next. Um, no, I, I really think Fix it, This Next. I did for our, when you spoke to us. Oh, okay, good, good. Yeah. You know, I really think it's about entertainment too. Like what we learn, we need to enjoy the process of learning. Yeah, you don't digest it if you don't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Listen, think about all the college classes we went through. How many times were you like, oh my gosh, I'm learning so much here, as opposed to, gosh, this professor's just droning on. Right. Well, I think that's what's good about the way you write and your books. They are, it it could, every topic you've covered in your books can be heavy topics. Yeah, totally. If written by a technical person and then nobody, I just, it's just a painful to read the books and your books are not painful to read. So thank you. That's, That's a compliment. I'm not. <laughs> your books are not painful. I'm going to use that as an endorsement. Yeah, you give, exactly. Exactly. Well, look, Ed, I love the kind of Ken Blanchard type of books, you know, where they're parables yes. and stories. And that's kind of yeah. the, way the way your books are. So uh, I know you got about 25, 30 minutes and probably in two yeah, minutes, the power is going to go out again. So yeah. um, I appreciate you, you coming on and giving me some boost on my podcast. And I'll watch for your next book. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Amazon Music, and many of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at The Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted and produced by me, Mitch Beinhacker. If you'd like more information about my legal services, you can find me on social media or visit my website at beinhackerlaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.